Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force this, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC makes me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly, and that is what TGV is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. We don't manipulate it to our own benefit. Like, we work things good, and that is what we That's why I love There you have it. You have an insightful show. Honor code. Glory to God. Honor code. So, um, this someone there, it is this this discussion. They are not to, you know, to it's not it's not to say ah, pastor, tell them, pastor, you know, tell them, you know, it's not for you, stop there. No, 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 no. This someone is for each of us to reflect. Okay, this series, each of us should reflect and pick what is ours. Now, don't pick for your neighbor. Don't say my mommy needs to hear this. No. Don't say my ex needs to hear this. No. These sermons are for each of us to reflect and get better. Okay, so it is not it's not someone else's soap. It is not someone else's soap. Okay, it is your own wig I am coming after. And if you're a girl, if you're a guy rather, I'm coming for your shirt. Okay, so it is for you, not for somebody else. So we are to learn how to live in honor in how we treat others. Men to women, women to men, horses to workers, vice versa, okay? Leaders to subordinates, stuff like that. Even our relationships, okay? We are to walk, you know, a life of honor. I will deal with our neighbors, our colleagues, you know, our bosses, our, you know, a life of honor, okay? A life of honor. I will deal with our spouses, okay? You know, how we are faithful, you know, in our, in our, in our commitment to our marital, you know, and even our premarital vows in quotes, okay? Knowing that God is a witness and that God sees. Do you understand? That God is a witness and that God sees. So we'll tell a story this morning. And it's from Second Samuel chapter 11 to chapter 18. So we'll read some parts and narrate the others okay second samuel from chapter 11 to chapter 18 we will tell a story read some parts okay and just have a great time learning this morning okay it is going to be a very interesting conversation amen so chapter 11 second samuel chapter 11 also this was you know is a story of of um of David, okay, Bathsheba, Ammon, Tamar, Nathan, you know, Absalom is a very rich story, okay, that is filled with a lot of lessons. Amen. Okay, so this was the time when kings go to war. So ordinarily, David should have gone to war with his with his with his troops, but instead, okay, David abandoned his duty and sent his troops to war, and then stayed back idle. When people when he ought to be at work, he stood back at home, Netflixing and chilling. All right, awesome. So. We will see that we are more vulnerable to temptation when we go off our God-given duty. Okay? A life of purpose and service to God helps us with much more strength to wade off evil desires. A life of purpose is a defense. A life of purpose is a defense. I'll take that again. 
a life of purpose is a defense. Anybody that lives life without a sense of purpose is likely to go ahead to just do whatever his emotions tells him to do. There is something about knowing God is taking me somewhere and keeping your focus on what God has sent you to. Keeping your mind preoccupied with God's plans for your life. In a way, that keeps your, your mind constantly busy. That even when you are not, 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 not physically busy, your mind is busy. Okay? Thinking, planning, hoping you know, for the things that God has told you about your life. Okay? Is that good? Purpose is a defense. Alright? So, on one of those idle nights, you know, David got up from his bed, got up from his bed, and went to the roof of the palace. Okay? Not night to evening, okay? So it was still a little bright. He could, he could still see things. Amen. So David got up from his bed, look at that, from a bed to the roof of the palace. Why? He was jobless, he was just chilling. When his people, when his soldiers had gone to a war, he was meant to be at. So from bed to palace roof, and you know, he looked down and saw a stunning beauty, Bathsheba, having a bath. Now, he looked down and saw his speck. Glory to God. You know, he saw his ideal temptation. Okay? So, and to make it even worse, she was having a bath. Amen. Whoosh! So, David could have looked away and gone back into the palace. Or, you know, even called one of his many wives and concubines, right? To go and bath so he can see them too. Abby? Amen. He didn't. Okay? The sinful desire in him met with idleness and opportunity. Again, the sinful desire met with idleness and opportunity. And this, you know, was a sin that was big and powerful enough to afford. Okay? Again, this was a sin that was big and powerful enough to afford. Now, for example, now, if he was just a ordinary soldier or a servant, right? You know, he won't be able to, to send people to say, go and call me that woman. Right? But because God had made him big, he could now afford some temptations. This is my point. Are there things in your life that you are prone to do, but not doing yet, because you don't have means for it yet? Are there character traits that you have that you know you have, but because right now you can't afford it, you are not yet doing. Are there things you should be dealing with in your life before you manifest? Are there issues that will come up when you blow? Okay? Are you prone to, are you, do you have somewhere in your mind, you know, pride locked up that will show when you succeed? You will know. We know this thing. Do you like women too much that we have to pray for you and fast when you blow that you will keep your focus in Christ? Okay? So before you point fingers and yap somebody else, are you sure you can't also do it given the means to be able to afford the temptation? Amen. Glory to God. Okay? So, you know, for example, now, back at school, you know, there are many campus fellowship leaders who worked only and circumspectly until they got a good job and could then afford to humanize. I know this is not your story, okay? But you have got to pay attention to those thoughts that linger when you are alone. They are probably a sign of things you have not dealt 
with. Amen. Okay? So, David, let's let Bathsheba, okay? Knowing that she was the wife of one of his soldiers, fighting a war he absconded from. Look at that. So, she was fresh from her period and, you know, she got pregnant. And immediately, the cover-up game began. So, one thing, you know, led to another. See, let me tell you the truth. Sometimes, we see people doing things, okay? And because they don't get caught, we think we can also try it also. Or you forget that you are a child of God. You are anointed. Your works prosper. So, if you fornicate, it will prosper. It's not a cause, okay? You are anointed. You carry the anointing. So, if you fornicate, it will prosper. Okay? Baby will come. Okay? It's not, I'm not cursing. I'm just saying what it is. So, see David here. He slept with her once. And that once he did, she got pregnant. Issues. Okay? So, the cover-up game began. His plan was to, you know, to drop this thing quietly, privately. Okay? But, as it is, things blew up in his face. Okay? And his cover-up game began. Amen. Very interesting. So, David said for Raya, you know, call the back to the wall, ask him about the wall, you know, ah, okay, you know, how is the wall going, you know, can you call, can you call, okay? And told the guy to go home. Even gave him gifts to take home with him. Now, David's plan was that from war, you know, his body will be on the road, you know, his body will be uh, tensed up and he won't just go to his wife and do the sex, you get. That was what he was banking on, okay? So that he will do the sex and he will just put, claim that he fathered the baby. Okay? But David was wrong. Uriah was a man of honor. Okay? And would not go home. Uriah slept at the palace entrance, you know, with, with servants and did not go to his own house. So David sent Uriah and asked him, Oga, why didn't you go home? And he said to David, okay, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents and my commander Joab and my lord's men are capped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my life, to my wife? As surely as you live, I will do no such thing. So David tried another method, okay? Got him drunk, you know. Imagine, you know, King David, King David. See how far he was going to cover up his, his sin. He got rather drunk, but still the guy did not go home. He slept on the mat amongst the servants. You can see the devotion and the honor on Uriah. Versus the dishonor and abuse of power and power drunkenness of David. Who would have thought that David, the humble boy from the desert, would have become so power drunk he would go this far? Okay? When was it? When, when, when was it? That's that boy. He could not afford this thing. Right now, David had grown. And become so powerful, and got so used to being powerful, he had forgotten his story. See, as you rise in life, pay attention to your values. Don't let success corrupt your values. See, money, power, fame—they are temptations. Okay, if you don't keep your focus intact, they can take your eyes off your values into sinfulness. Okay? Who would have thought that that, that humble David that God brought up by himself would become this? Okay? But success is seductive. Alright? So, David did not stop there. He did not stop there. Okay? This time, he went to even the father's land. He sent a note to Joab, his commander of the army, to put Uriah at the front of the war, where it would be easily killed by enemies. So imagine, David altered war, war formation. He changed the war formation just to kill Uriah for his, for his war plan. 
So, you know what it meant? It meant not, not only Raya died. In taking that plan also, other soldiers died just to cover up David's mess. David killed Uriah and also made other soldiers, people of Israel, men of Israel die. So, before David's eyes, his cover up was complete. Only a few others, which are people loyal to him, you know, that won't speak of what they knew, you know, knew about the case. It was done in the eye of man, perhaps. But he lost sight of something. God was watching and God was unpleased. The Bible says, after the time of money was over, when, after, after the time of um, Bathsheba, money was over, David had her brought to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. David had forgotten, okay, that God was watching. Awesome. To not make it even worse, right? Nathan the prophet, chapter 12, came to David and with a parable told David how, you know, a rich man that several things, you know, took from the poor man the only one he had. And David, in, his, in being judgmental, could not see his own faults. You know, he was so angry. He said, he will, he will, today he will punish that man. He will punish the man. You know, you know it's so funny how powerful men can forget that laws are for them too. They have become so powerful, they have forgotten that the laws also apply to him. He only saw how the law applied to others. Interesting. It's also funny how we can be doing the same things and calling out people doing, doing it also. Are you online? Do you see people, people calling out people on Twitter? I can bet my, my money on that some, 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 some of those people that call out people online are also doing the same things and one day they will cast. See, people that are judgmental, they are likely also doing the same things. Okay, it's so funny. Okay? So, David, you know, that, that's kind of, I'm a king. No one can hold me accountable, you know. Your Bible say, Kabiyosi, you know, it means that you cannot question me. Being the king, it was Kabiyosi, no one could question him. But he forgot something. God sees. The devil also sees. sees okay? And the laws, of course, and effects are also at work. So even when you have done those things in secret, okay, and you think nobody will catch you. For example, there are people that in secret they masturbate. And they are church guys, they are church ladies, they are workers, they are even pastors, right? And definitely enough, nobody will catch me. Make them keep doing it. Rather, rather than calling for help, you know, and being accountable to pastor. You say, I have some sort of issue, help me work with. No, 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 because no one is seeing them. You know, they can do it tonight and leave and, and, and owe the maximum money. So they feel, I can keep doing this. But guess what? God sees. Your enemy, the devil, is also seen. And the loss of cause and effect are also at work. So those things you do in private, even the ones you do in your thoughts, some people fornicate in their brain. See, this, 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 this is not me judging you, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be judgmental. I'm just telling you that God holds us accountable even when men can't see what we are doing. The laws of cause and effect are at work. Alright? Remember this, if you break the edge, the serpent will bite. So, the prophet Nathan told David, saying, because you have done this great evil in the sight of God, so and so will happen. Number one, that child will die. Number two, 
someone close to you will sleep with your wife in public and stuff like that. Now, people will say that God killed the child. No. Nathan was reading out, you know, prophecy. What will happen? He didn't, really, didn't mean it as God will do. He was reading out to, to, to David the effect, okay, of the cost he made. The consequence. Nothing because God will kill the child. No. Or that God will make someone to sleep with his wife. That would be God making a sin happen. And far bid from God to make sin happen. Do you understand? Now, there are parts in the Bible that they say things like, and God is so and so and so and so. Okay? Usually, eh, there is a way, you know, there is a, it's, um, it's, 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 um, it's, it's literature. Okay? It's figure of speech. Now, God is usually said to do, let's write this down. God is said to do what he could not stop, what he allowed, what he permitted, even what he prophesied. So, even though he didn't do it, right now in the Bible as, and God did so and so and so and so, no. It is not God doing it, okay? It's because God did not stop it, okay? They write it as though God himself did it. Is that clear? So, Amen. Chapter 12. I'll take, I'll, I'll read, read us through. Chapter 7. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you, I gave Master's house to you, and your Master's wife into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Uthite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. Imagine, you killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Ouch! Now therefore, the sword will never depart from your own house. Because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah, the Uthite, the Ittite, to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Verse 13. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Imagine, it just dawned on him. Ouch! He just dawned on the guy. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this thing, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. Look at that. Verse 15. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. Blah, 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 blah. The child died. Okay, so David opened the door to affliction in his home by his act of dishonor. If you break the edge, the serpent will bite. See, thank God for the for, for the for the blood of Jesus Christ and our forgiveness, right? However, eh, when some mistakes happen, a lot has to be done in the physical and the spiritual to weigh up the effects put in motion. See, even when God forgives you, right? Cause and effect might not just go away. Do you understand? For example, God forbid, you know, that you that somebody mistakenly, you know, sleeps with a woman and she gets pregnant. Now, that child will be born. They will both carry the shame. Okay? That God forgives him does not mean 
the shame will go. You understand? So there are things that that you know that God forgives you alone cannot take off. Do you understand? So there are things that you have to carry the physical bronze, okay, and put a lot of physical and spiritual work to weight off the effects put in motion. So for example, right now, imagine a married man. A married man, you know, sleeps with a woman that is not his wife and she gets pregnant. Now, God will forgive him, right? God has forgiven him, right? But that child will be born. And right now that means that his wife has a rival and his kids the kids in, in, in his marriage also have step brothers. So and forever and ever they have to manage that union. So the mistakes that people people make in secret, okay, can become public problems all their lives. If you break the edge, the serpents will bite. The laws of cause and effect, okay, will go into play. Are we learning? Are we following? If you are learning so far and it's making sense to you, let me know in the chat, okay? Just give me, give me, just, just give me a, a one line of what you have learned so far. Just one line of what you have learned so far. Let me know you're following me, okay? Quickly. I'm waiting for you. One line of what you have learned so far. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Waiting on you before we go further. Awesome. Alright. So we go to wait on you guys to give me that feedback. Wait on the feedback. Chapter 13. And we see the effect of the sin. Thank you, Bisola. Thank you for that. Keep going. We see the effect, you know, the effect of what David had done. Go go into full oppression. Awesome. So chapter 13. Ammon, David's son, fell in love slash lost with Tamar. Okay? He devised a plan with his advisor as he could not get you to her to, you know, to date him, whatever. So, he tricked her and raped her. Even after she advised him and begged him that, please, ask my aunt, my of the king, okay? He will not, he will not tell you no. Okay, he said he begged her. She begged, she begged him that marry me instead. Don't do this to me, okay? But instead, he raped her. Wow, look at this. See, it was lost at work in him, not love. It is lost that can't wait, not love. You know, this sexual tension that people feel, you know. With your boyfriend and stuff like that, this tension, this, this, I want to do this now. I will feel, you know, the grab grab of, of sex that you feel. Okay? It is not love at work. It is lost. Okay? You're not married, but your whole body is just moving. See, it is not love at work. It is lost. Sometimes, then, love and loss can be neighbors. You will have to help yourself separate the lost from your love. Okay? So, treat. That lustful emotion as an enemy. Don't nurture it. See, people people go fear. People go fear. People, you know, they enjoy the thinking of the the feeling of the lust. They are enjoying it. Okay? So if you are enjoying it, you are nurturing it. As long as it feels good to you, you are not showing it. So help yourself. If you will stay in sexual purity and honor, okay? Help yourself to, you know, kill that feel good that comes in your head with, with sexual desires. Kill it until you marry. Kill the feel good. Postpone the feel good, okay? Don't dwell on it. Now back to the case, okay? So this guy raped his sister. How bad? Okay? And once he raped that, he now hated her. Make it even worse. He sets her out in shame. The cost that David incurred had gone into full play. Right from his own house. Look at it. How sad. David edits, right? He was furious, but did nothing. And I feel 
it, it is nothing because, you know, maybe he also felt guilty like an hypocrite and he, he had done something similar too. When he remembers that he took a man's wife and killed the man, that feeling that feel of guilt will come over and I'm like, ah, my kid is doing something like what I did. Okay, so he did nothing about it, even though he was threatened about it, he did nothing about it. Okay, Absalom, the brother of Tamar, was grieved. But being a proper schemer, he said not a word to Ammon, either good or bad, but he hated him because he had disgraced his sister Tamar. Absalom said not a word to, to Ammon. Also, he waited for two years to plan his revenge, okay? So, he killed Ammon and then fled. David banished him also. Alright? You know the story. Okay? So, even though he was banished, the king still longed for his son, Absalom. Okay? So, Joab, knowing this, schemed to bring back Absalom to the king, okay? And, and stuff like that. Also, chapter 14 now. Chapter 14. Now, awesome. Are we following? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Alright. So, chapter 14. Absalom was brought back to, to, to Israel. Right? Brought back to the king's house. Now, the Bible describes Absalom in chapter 14, you know, chapter 14, chapter 26. The Bible says he was the most handsome man in all Israel. Let's, let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. Second Samuel 14. Second Samuel 14. Second Samuel 14. 25 26. Look at that. In all Israel, there was not a man so highly praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the top of his head to the sole of his feet, there was no blemish in him. Wow. Wow. Look at this. From the top of his head to the sole of his feet, there was no blemish in him. And whenever he caught the hair of his head, he caught cut his hair once a year because it became too heavy for him. Wow. He would weigh it and his weight was 200 shekels by the real standard. Look at that. Whoosh. So, you know, this is about 5 pounds or 2.3 kilograms. His hair would weigh 2.3 kilograms. You cut one step because the air has become too heavy for him. So he was known he was the finest boy in all of Israel. You know, so that is important for me, okay? Finest boy with long hair in all of Israel. So he had this thing about beauty and charisma. Absalom was filled with beauty and charisma. Beauty and charisma. Amen. Awesome. So, you know, this beauty and charisma thing became for him pride. I will explain that. Chapter 15. He began his plan. Okay? His plan to take over the throne from his father. Amen. Chapter 15. Let's go there. 2 Samuel 15. So, Absalom was, you know, he took soldiers, he took, he took his chariot and horses, you know, 50 men, you know, the king's child, 50 men, he took 50 soldiers, stuff like that. Okay? So, he will wake up early and stand by the road of this, of the, by the roadside leading to the city gate. Okay? So, he will stand, you know, to block people going to the king for, to make a complaint. Or to make a decision, okay? So, people come to the king, you know, to make a complaint, to see for, for a decision, he will block them, okay? And tell them how, you know, I know you're going to the king right now, but the king doesn't have your doesn't have your time. He's too busy for you. The king doesn't have your plan, your time. He's a big man now. He's too busy. He doesn't care about you. But me, eh? I care for you. Okay. So see, see your claims, eh? Your claims are very valid. You know, if I was king, eh? eh I would make sure you get what you want. So he did this for 
four years. And in that way, Absalom with his charm, with his beauty, his charisma, the way he talks, you know, his fine boy, everything, he charmed all of Israel to his side and planned his coup. See, he became so beautiful, so, so charismatic, so talented, he became so proud. So proud, you know, he went straight for the throne of his father. This looks so like the devil. The devil, so beautiful, you know, so talented in sin, you know, so, so gracious. He wanted the throne of God. Now, the same thing was, you know, showed up in Absalom. See, pride there is very, very much like the devil's nature. Okay, the silly enough, I'm better than my boss, better than my pastor, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can teach better. I can speak better, I can sing better. You know, that feeling of I'm better, okay? I'm better than him, you know? You are playing with the devil when you start thinking that way. And guess what? Pride is a thing for the talented, for the gifted. Most gifted people are prone to the temptation of pride. So, as you grow in your gifts and your results, watch out for that seed of pride. Pride and talent, sometimes, you know, they go together. So, as you show more talent in your skin, in your area of, of influence, as, as you get more gifted in things you are doing, watch out for the seed of pride. Awesome. Let's open to, open to, um, quickly, open to First Peter 5, 5 to 6. First Peter 5. 5 to 6. First Peter 5. 5 to 6. Are you following me? Likewise, younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Look at that. For God resists the proud. But give grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Now, James also said the same thing in James 4 6. But He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Look at this. God himself will stand in your way if you are proud. God himself will resist you. So, if you walk in pride, you are, you are on a collision course with God himself. God himself can ensure you don't get your destiny if you stand in pride. He himself will stay. God himself is against you if you are proud. I'm quoting the Bible. God resists the proud. Okay? But he gives grace and exalts the humble. See, if you go find life, okay, you have got to deal with pride and embrace humility so that God does not go to work against you. That, that feeling of superiority that, 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 that is in people that have gifts and talent. You see, you know it better. You can talk better. You can sing better. You can pray better. You know, people even, even brag. I pray five hours. I pray ten hours. You know, I pray all day. We brag some silly brags, right? Okay. God Himself will stand in those people's way. That prayer that they're talking about, that prayer, my youth, zero results. As in zero, zero, Z-E-R-O results. Okay. We should see everything. We have been given by everything as though God gave us. Whatever you have, think of it. God gave me. I am a steward of God's grace. It is not because I am special, okay? It is God at work in me that makes me to will and to do of His great pleasure. So see yourself as one that is benefiting from the grace of God. See, Pride, cause, pride is in your feelings to the superior by comparison to other people. Okay? That's the season. 2 Corinthians 10 12. That they 
that compare themselves to other people, they are not wise. Okay? Rather, just compare yourself, you know, with look inwards and, you know, look at what God has called you to be. Okay? And strive towards that. Stop looking about to compare yourself with people. Now, some people that have killed their self-esteem because they are looking at other people, looking at, looking at your neighbor's talent, your neighbor's gift, your neighbor's car, your neighbor's wife, in fact, your neighbor's everything, okay? You know, it's them, they, you know they, everybody looks well put together from outside. See, everybody looks well put together from outside. When you look at, when you look at social media, they all look like they have all the cars, they look like they have all the money, you know? Everybody looks well packaged. Now look at them and start feeling small. And it's also wrong, okay? Don't compare yourself with people. Run your race, okay? Be inwardly motivated. Let God Himself be your motivator. Let Him lead you into destiny. Okay? So back to the point, okay? Beware of pride. Pride is a sinker. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Look at that. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yes, not high, but the grace of God that was with me. Okay, so deal with that root of pride. Awesome. So back to Absalom. So Absalom, thinking he was superior, you know, declared himself king, took, took, took his other's wife and slept with them in public. To what was in his own eyes a show of power. Look at it. Now, the cost that David incurred by what he did to Raya, you know, and his, and his wife was showing in his family. Okay? So there's a way in which uh, fathers and parents can pass the effect of their mistakes to their kids. So we have got to be careful. Walk circumspectly. Don't put your children in trouble by what you do. The things you are doing today, they have, you know, consequence in future generations. So you have got to see people, people because of five minutes pleasure, they destroy hundred years. Okay, you have got to keep those 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 thoughts of pleasure in check. Don't use one hour. Let's 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 say one hour. Do this one hour to destroy hundred years. Actions have consequences. Pity your children, pity your family, okay? Keep your urges in check. Okay? A wise man, a strong man is the one that can put his emotions in control. Only animals do as they feel. Okay? A strong man is one that can put his emotions in check. No, some, some silly guys, okay, they show their strength by how many women they sleep with. That is the that is the dastest thing anybody can do. So show his own strength by sex. As in, how daft can you be, boy? Okay? So the strength of a real man, of a child of God, is in keeping your emotions under control. So, after some did that, slept with his father's wife, slept himself king, and was after his father. wanted to kill his father. wanted to kill his dad. So, he called his counselors, you know, um, you know, Aitofel gave an advice. Um, the other guy gave an advice also. And Aitofel, you know, is, is known was the wisest man in those days, okay? When, when Aitofel gave, gave an advice, it was as though you are here, does save the Lord. As in, his advice was always sharp and accurate and, you know, spot on. But because David prayed that God make, make his counsel frustrated and stuff like that. So the king took the other guy's advice that was, that was, that was, that was David's undercover, the advice. And, you know, they played right into David's hands. Don't forget, David is a soldier. David understands war. Okay? So, Absalom was just a fine boy. A fine, charismatic guy. So, even though he, was more, he, was, he had more charisma, he had more, more, more fine boy, more eloquence, the fine buttons, right? Than David, okay? But David had one thing going for him. David is a soldier. So, you see, Absalom felt superior to David. Okay? But he was not superior. He was only different. They both had different talents. Absalom's talent was fine boy, charisma. David's own was what? Warfare. And you now see, when Absalom fell into the trap of David by engaging in an all-out war, 
he played right to the strength of David. You see that? He played right into the strength of David. David is a war guy. Do you understand? So, stop feeling superior to others. You are not superior. You are just different. Don't feel also inferior. You are not inferior. You are just different. We all have different gifts and capacities. Your own job is to play to your strength like David did. Play to your strength. Stop playing to the strength of others. If you compare yourself to me, in my area of strength, you can never win. You can't. Okay? Always play life to your strength. Okay? You see footballers, they put the ball on their favorite leg, on their best leg. Okay? So also, always keep, you know, your ball, you know, on your best leg. Put things in your area of strength so you can have a good measure of yourself what? You know, so you are not superior. You are just different. Look at that. Now, guess how, guess how Absalom died. Guess how he died. While at war. Okay? That is air. That was a pride. That is beautiful air. Got stuck on the tree. How bad? It got stuck. You know, the horse was driving on. Left, drove further. While his own air got stuck and hung him to a tree. Imagine that. His air hung him to a tree. How hilarious. How ironical. Look at that. So right there, Joab found him there, you know, and killed him. His pride, his charisma, his beauty was exactly what ruined him. So, in living a life of honor, humility is key. Humility is what will lift you. Humility is what will raise you. Beware of that seed of pride. Is that good? Okay, Romans 12. Romans 12. For, for verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to everyone of you, do not think of yourself more either than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has devoted to each of you. So, you know, don't, don't, don't overrate yourself. Okay, you are allowed to make your boast in God, right? You know, to keep to keep your boast in what God is doing. I mean, make your boast in God, right? But remember that it is God at work in you. Okay, okay. See whatever you have as God's gift to you, as God's grace at work in you. You are a steward of the gifts and the great things happening in your life. So beware of of pride. Take note. Work honorably. Okay. So we'll continue from here next week. I think for today we have learned enough. Okay? So live a life of humility. Live a life of honor. Honor. Don't take what does not belong to you. A woman of mind to you is not your is not for you to think of sleeping with or not sleeping with, okay? Live a life of devotion to duty, a life of purpose, a life of honor. See, guys, we are we are we are honorable. We are believing men. We are honorable. There is no scum amongst us. We are honorable men. Okay? We our words, we, we keep to our words. When you make a promise to your wife or to your girlfriend, we live by it. As girls also. We are we are we are we are we are ladies of of, of, of good values. We are virtuous, okay? We don't go about flirting everywhere you know you you have you have boyfriend you have boyfriend but you know every boy thinks you're available you know all of them think you're available no 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 it doesn't look good on you so cultivate honor in how you deal with people around you sexually morally you know cultivate the life of honor okay and deal with that thing called pride no matter how gifted you are okay in fact the more, the more gifted you are the more you should pay attention to this thing called pride Glory to God. So we see in, 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 in conclusion, let's see how many people lost their life to the mistake, to the issue, to whatever David did with that Let's see the, the casualties. Number one, 
Uriah. Number two, the soldiers that died with him from the Ammonites, from the battle of the Ammonites. You know, soldiers that died. So Uriah and the soldiers, they don't, don't know their number. Number two, the baby. And that casualty died. Number three, Tamar was raped. Number four, Ammon died. Number five, Absalom died. Number six, 20,000 men of Israel. 20,000 men of Israel died in that civil war. 20,000 men of Israel died in that civil war. Can you see that? One man's mistake can have ripple effect and cause problems for many people. The law of cause and effect. Usually, the effect outweighs the, the cause. So, you have got to make sound decisions. No matter how pressing that emotion is, keep yourself under the word of God so you don't cause issues you know, later in your life. Amen. Are we blessed? Are we blessed? Are we blessed? Have we learned, have we learned this morning? Have we learned this morning? Glory to God. Glory to God. So, quick assignment, right? Quick assignment. Okay? Figuratively, see a paper. Figuratively. I mean, okay, open in your Google Drive, your Google Sheet or whatever, or, or Microsoft Word. Okay? So, what you do for me? List out the lessons you learned from the story of David. List everything and list the story. Lesson one. Okay? I want to see, you know, also list out the parts where each of them could have made a different choice that would have become, you know, um, that would have averted the trouble that they did that happened. What could David have gone differently from the beginning? What could each of them have done differently? Okay, then that's assignment two. The lessons, number two, what they could have all done differently. Number three, relate it to your life, to your own life. Make it personal. Okay, see where those choices, you know, affect you. Think about your life. Okay, how does it relate to you? What are the choices that you can that you can that you can that you can make better from today? Okay, so what you do? See, okay, you are sending it directly. Okay, you are sending it directly. directly, so you can be you can be free. You can be vulnerable. Okay, you can, only only me will see your 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 notes. So I'm vulnerable. You can also write out the issues. You know your your vulnerabilities where you are trusting God for help. Okay. Let me hear so I can, you know, work with you to see how you can get better, you know, and not fall for the trap the devil has placed in your life. Okay? So send me a mail with the assignments, okay? Tolu Ayeni at thisgreenchurch.org. Okay? I want your answer to be, to be personal, okay? Let me know where the, where, where, where the shoe ought. Okay? Be, be, be real with me, okay? Yeah, there's no forming. Why? We all have things are getting better. There's no, don't, no form for me. Okay, I'll be real with you. You be also real with me. Okay, is that good? Hallelujah. Hey, hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website www.thisgreenchurch.org for more info. God bless you.